welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website, hitthatline.com, for any interviews, videos, podcasts, whatever it is dealing with the Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out there at hitthatline.com. Can Arkansas have a quick turnaround like some other teams going into the 2019 football season? Yes, we're still talking about football because you want to know about football. We're going to talk about that, as well as the recruiting side of things in the state. Does the state of Arkansas have to have elite state talent for the team to be elite themselves? And why are old coaches getting opportunities again in college football? But we'll start with the quick turnaround for Arkansas. Now, 2-10, there's not really a whole lot of uh, expectations heading into the 2019 season after a point in time where you go 2-10. and 10. Now, the quick turnaround that I'm referring to is not going from two wins to four wins. I think that, yes, that is an improvement. Yes, you probably got some things going in the right direction. You did get to become a better team, but that's not the quick turnaround that I'm referring to. I'm referring to the turnaround of getting to a bowl game. At least about around six and six, which I don't think is really too much to ask for for a middle of the road SEC team, which I think Arkansas, you know, you're striving to be better than that. But still, you want to be at least in the hunt for a bowl game, postseason play, win a few SEC games. And that's what I mean by quick turnaround, because a few of you are asking me about this and how Arkansas can have a quick turnaround like some other teams that may have gone through similar instances. For instance, you had Baylor with Matt Rule who last year went 1-11. Now, he took over a much more difficult situation, much more terrible situation there at Baylor. And it was not pretty there in the very early going. You only win one game. But then, this season, Baylor goes 6-6. Six and six, And some people are wanting to crown him Coach of the Year. Now, that seems weird, right? To crown somebody the Coach of the Year for going 6-6. Six and six. But it shows you the quick turnaround that you can have when you have the right coach, the right amount of talent, the right philosophy, and the right idea in mind. And that's what I think that Arkansas can be. They can be that. And then they can have a quick turnaround and get to a bowl game next year. But here's how it's going to happen, because there's only one way it can happen. So I'm going to break it down for you and give you an idea of what exactly you have to look forward to and what you have to look at. Number one is that this incoming freshman class, this highly coveted, highly touted recruiting class for the Arkansas Razorbacks has to, and I mean has to be great the moment they step on campus. These wide receivers that you have that are all over six foot three, that are all four stars for the most part, they have to be your starting wide receivers the day they step on campus. Hudson Henry has to be a factor in the tight end position the day he steps foot on campus. You have to get Kelly Bryant, and you have to have him start day one as soon as he sets foot on campus. And it's as simple as that. Now, I'm not saying that these players will be to that level and to that caliber because I think that's a lot to ask for for any true freshman. An 18-year-old kid coming into an SEC program, no matter the position, there's going to be a little bit of growing pains. Some get over a little easier than others, but still growing pains nonetheless. And so I feel like if Arkansas can have these few players just be good to great freshmen, not good to great college football players just yet, but good to great freshmen, then that alone is going to put them in position to win, go to a bowl game. Because I know that the schedule was not that difficult this past season. But next season, it's even more favorable. You're, you're playing Alabama on the road. It doesn't matter where you're playing, you're not going to win. 
But you, you have Kentucky instead, which is going to take a step back from this past year. They'll still be good, but they're going to take a step back. You'll have Kentucky. You'll still have Ole Miss. You'll still have the West. I know what's going to see how it plays out, but your non-conference schedule is pretty favorable. So you have a chance to at least get to that 6-6 six and six mark because of that fact with the schedule. So those are the things. You have to have those freshmen step on, or at least the incoming class, the newcomers, step on campus and be impact players. And you have to be able to look at the schedule that seems to be very favorable for you to be able to get to that point. Now, those are things that I think are the most obvious. But the next thing is something that I don't think people really think about as much. And that's the SEC in general has to look a certain way. And what I mean by that is you have teams, especially in the SEC West, that are really hard to figure out at times. Auburn being one of those teams with this whole Gus Malzahn situation going on. Who knows what Auburn's going to look like next year? Who knows if uh, Gus Malzahn's going to be even the head coach? Who knows how good they're going to be? Who knows? I don't, you don't, the American people don't, but we know that they're at least going to be a serviceable SEC West team. But what about A&M? All these people freaking out about Jimbo Fisher and how great of a job he's done. He went eight and four. And honestly, if it wasn't for a controversial call at the end of that LSU game, he would have gone seven and five, which is exactly the type of record that Kevin Sumlin had at Texas A&M. So I don't necessarily see anything from Jimbo Fisher that really is going to change my mind of why he can get it done as national championship caliber coach at A&M. But you still feel like, and you're hoping if you're an Arkansas fan, that they're not going to be anything that Kevin Sumlin wasn't, which is a borderline, a little above a bowl team, maybe a seven to eight win team year in and year out, which is very possible. Texas A&M might be that way. And that's what you're hoping for if you're Arkansas. Mississippi State's going to take a significant step back. They were a good team, but they're going to be losing a lot of their recruits. They're going to be losing their quarterback and Nick Fitzgerald. They're going to take a step back. Because I think they've been known mainly for their defense, and their offense really wasn't anything to – ride home about this season under Joe Moorhead, who's supposed to be an offensive-minded coach. And so I don't really see anything from them that's going to make them fe- make me feel like they're going to progress to that next level next year. Ole Miss the same way. They were terrible this year. Arkansas should have beaten them. Ole Miss should have finished last in the SEC. But they didn't, and they only had one win in the SEC, and that was against Arkansas. So I don't really know how much you can say about them – going on to the next level for what they've been doing, for what they have. I I just don't see that being the case. Now, we know Alabama. I'm not going to talk about them because it's Alabama. They're going to win. And LSU's kind of the same way where I think they'll be good enough, of course, year in and year out to have the most talent to be able to beat most of the teams in the SEC West without even batting an eyelash. So you can't really even bring them up. But that's what the SEC West in general looks like right there. So besides Alabama and LSU, those other teams in the SEC West could be the exact same team or worse. I don't see any of them being better. And the only ones that I could make the argument for being better is maybe Texas A&M. Maybe. So you're hoping, if you're Arkansas, that those teams... Either stay the same or take the step back, and you take that giant step forward. Now, if you do that, that's how things could change. That's how things could move on, and that's how you can have that quick turnaround like you see in college football, which is not an easy thing to do, but it still can happen. 
So all those things going for you, because I believe, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure you will by listening to this podcast, but I believe that if Arkansas was to make it to a bowl game next year at least, it would be considered a huge win for Chad Morris and his camp. I think it would be a huge win for Razorback fans. And I think that would get a lot more people on board with Chad Morris and what he's trying to do at Arkansas. Now, going 6-6 six and six isn't going to make you start breaking out the champagne bottles and celebrating on Dixon Street like you actually accomplished something. It's not going to do that for you. But it's at least going to provide some sort of hope, of faith that you can have in Chad Morris and in the program. And right now, that's really the most important thing is just garnering that. Because as we've talked about so many times on this podcast, it's teetering. It's chancing out where it could be lost for fans and their passion towards Razorback football program. I was at speaking at a Rotary Club the other day. And one of the things that a lot of these people kept talking about is how they're not renewing their tickets. They made them jump off board. They don't care. They don't do anything. They just are over it. And I feel like there's a lot of Razorback fans that are that way. So you got to have a big year next year. And I do believe... I do believe getting back to bowl eligibility will do that for a lot of fans, especially given the circumstance of where they've been this past year. And that would also be able to kickstart some of the people thinking that, hey, one year of Chad Morris's great recruiting class came in and we jumped up four, maybe even five games better. What about another year of these great players? And then another year of these great players. What if you have three straight years of borderline top 10 recruiting classes to be able to add on to the mix and have these guys become upperclassmen by the time year three rolls around? Wow. Wouldn't that be something? Once you have some serious talent to deal with, be able to serious have serious talent to work with. And all of a sudden, you go from six and six to eight and four, nine and three. Dare I say 10 wins? That's the end game. That's the ultimate goal. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but that's what at least everyone should have their eyes set on. Getting back to prominence in the SEC, where not only are you winning in the SEC, but you're winning at a level that can be acceptable, that you can have hope in and have faith in and have fun with and be passionate about once again. Because right now, as we all know and as we all agree, there ain't really much more, more of that going on. So hopefully it'll all change, but that's how you have that quick turnaround if you're Chad Morris. So I got to tell you, though, with college football, conference championship season going on, you have college basketball going on, you want to watch these games, right? But you're sick of paying for 20 channels that you never watch when you just want to watch sports. You want to watch college football? Well, Sling TV is the place for you. It's the best way to watch all of these sports. For $30 a month, you get ESPN Networks, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and so much more. You can stream it on your big screen and all your favorite mobile devices, and Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. Sling TV is giving this free seven-day trial to all of you locked-on listeners, and it's an exclusive offer. So it's just for all of you. All you got to do is go to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. Go there. Check it out. Seven-day free trial. If you don't like it, I guarantee you. Well, first off, you're not going to not like it. You're going to like it. But if you don't like it, just that's it. It's over. It's done with. Seven days are over with. But give it a shot. Let me know what you think about it because I promise you will not be disappointed. 
Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. This is another question that was posed to me on Twitter. I think it was fascinating. It was something we talked about on my show this morning on the Morning Rush about how important it is to have in-state talent be elite at Arkansas in order for the program to really flourish. Now, let me preface this by saying it is important. It is important to have good to great players in the state of Arkansas year in and year out for Arkansas to be competitive, or at least to have those big-time players that they all want, that they all need to be successful. That's for sure. However, I do believe that this is one thing that can be blown up and blown out of proportion ever so slightly. And here's what I mean by this. The 2019 class has some good Arkansas players in it. Hudson Henry being one of them, Traylon Burks being one of them. You know, you have some guys that are really going to be impact players, at least what you're hoping for from the state. But just getting the in-state kids is never going to be enough. You got to be able to go out and get elite talent from Texas, from Oklahoma, from Louisiana. You got to go to those big hotbed states to get enough, get those talented players because there's not enough in the state of Arkansas. And if you have somebody like Chad Morris that has proven that he doesn't need to have in-state recruiting to be successful, he can go out of the state, then I don't necessarily think it's as important as what people try to make it out to be. Now, again, it is important just in the small scale, but it's not make or break by getting players because the central Arkansas area has really changed a lot over the past 10, 10 to 15, maybe even 20 years when it comes to elite recruiting talent. It doesn't have it like it once did. There were times where it seemed like every single year you had 7 to 11 players coming out of Central Arkansas that at least could play at the D1 level. And in some cases, the majority of them play at the SEC level. Think about some of the great teams Arkansas had in their history. I mean, even when Houston Nutt was there. Darren McFadden, Central Arkansas. Peyton Hill is Central Arkansas. Marcus Monk, not kind of Central Arkansas. Close enough for government work, at least. But that team had a lot of players from that area. Think about Jake Beckett and the impact that he had. Jerry Franklin was another one during those Petrino years. You know, you had guys that you were able to add into the mix. Joe Adams was another one. So, yes, it is important. Yes, you got to have them. But... Those aren't the no-all, end-all, be-all to make you into a good team. you got to be able to have a nice balance of both. Get If you have elite players in your state, you better get them. Because having elite players and not being able to get them doesn't mean a hill of beans. Because there were times where players got away from the state of Arkansas and went elsewhere, and it, it frustrated Razorback fans. Because you're like, we got to build a fence around the state. we got to be able to keep these kids in state, da-da-da-da. Well, yeah, but... They're kids. They're 18-year-old kids. They want to make their own decisions. They may not want to stay in state. They may not want to play for the Razorbacks. And, hey, that's fine as long as it's done for the right reasons because we've seen it when it's not. But here's the thing, too. You think about and how terrible it will be if you lose these recruits. How many recruits has Arkansas lost from the state that went on to another school and did extremely well? I mean, think about it. How many of those kids really just went out and dominated and blew up at the place that was not called Arkansas. I mean, I can just think of a few. Of course, with Keith Jackson Sr., the one that pops up when he went to Oklahoma, that was a big one. D'Angelo Williams when he went to Memphis and then he went on to have a nice career in the NFL. I mean, who else? 
There's not that many. Michael Dyer fizzled out. Kyle Frazier fizzled out. Josh Frazier never really became that dominant force. I mean, he played at Alabama, so that's worth something. But he was never as dominant or became a perennial starter for Alabama like a lot of people thought he would be that caliber of player. K.J. Hill's doing okay at Ohio State, I guess. So maybe you could add him into the mix. But my whole point is that you don't really have to have these elite players on your program to be good. You don't have to. And even if you don't get them all, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to go on to do great things at other schools. In fact, history proves the other th- otherwise, that they go out and they don't get to that level that most people are wanting. So it's, it's catch-22. Some are hits and misses when it comes to those players. Sometimes you want to make things work in a certain way when it comes to in-state and out-of-state recruiting, and I get all that. But what's important more so than just getting that in-state recruiting class and those football players that you want to be able to add to your program. What's more important than that is having a culture and a philosophy that produces winning football that kids at the high school level are excited to play for and play with. That's what you want. That's one of the biggest reasons why Chad Morris is doing so well in recruiting is because he is able to accomplish that. He's able to accomplish it to where it's no longer about anybody else or about what Arkansas is not capable of doing. It's about the style he plays, the energy he brings, and the relationships that he has. And if you mix all those things together, you're getting the great recruiting class that you're seeing right now. And that's exactly what you want if you're Chad Morrison, if you're Arkansas. So if it all pans out, and if it all works out in the way that Chad Morris and Razorback fans are hoping with these great recruiting classes, and if they can continue to build on it, you're going to have something to be excited about. You're going to have something to be proud of. But you know what? I would put money on the fact that a lot of these players that are going to be great players for Arkansas probably won't be from the state of Arkansas. It's a true statement. But you know what? The ones that are going to be in Arkansas, the ones that are from the state of Arkansas that decide to play for the Razorbacks, Those are always the ones that you want to root a little harder for. Those are the ones that you always appreciate just a little more. And those will always be the ones that will be remembered more in this state. you got to have a mixture of all of them. And you got to be able to win games. Because it doesn't matter if you get all those recruits if you can't win the games that they play in. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, final segment of the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. A lot of coaches now with the coaching carousel. We still don't know what's going on with Auburn. My goodness. I mean, the latest report now, it's coming from that Josh Moon guy that seems to have his thumb on the whole story, by the way. Just want to bring this up real quick. He put out this tweet where he says, I wish I could adequately... I can't even say that word. I wish I could convey the confusion that is taking place at Auburn right now, is what he says. Trustees don't know what's going on. Coaches don't know. The AD is MIA, and no one trusts the president. And even the people directly involved aren't sure what's next. What a joke. I mean, what an absolute joke this is. It's so funny. Like, how do, how does this all happen? I don't know. I just hope for the absolute crushing blow to come to Auburn and Malzahn. But that's neither here nor there. Anyways, you see Mac Brown going over to North Carolina. And you see Les Miles going to Kansas. Now, these two coaches, national championship coaches, older coaches, it, it happens. You know, this is just the way it is. But it makes me wonder why 
and maybe if this is going to be something that catches on of older coaches who had success coming back to the college ranks to try to get and garner some of the success that they had at their previous stops. I don't know. I don't know if that's something that is going to catch on or maybe it's just a one-year deal, but I do believe that people are wanting to take the safe route. They want to take the coaches that they know did not have any issues on the field, off the field when it came to players and the relationships that were also successful. And a lot of them feel like that's a healthy way to bring back their program. I mean, Larry Fedora, when he was at North Carolina, did cause some problems with his player safety issues and the things that he brought up, which wasn't exactly PC. And then, of course, at Kansas, they've been a dumpster fire for a long time. When we know Jeff Long is all about grades and making football fun. So... I think that those are the reasons that those schools go for it. I don't know if it's going to catch on anywhere else, but they're safe coaches. They're coaches that you can at least count on to not embarrass you and not embarrass the program any further. But I I just kind of hope that it doesn't get any crazier than what it is now. That's just my opinion on it. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter for any comments, concerns you may have at Rush John Neighbors, and we'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Tomorrow afternoon, have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.